to the Draft Nut Podcast. My name is Jared Feinberg. Alongside me is Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's podcast. So, Devin, yesterday was was quite a day, especially yesterday evening. Uh, so much happened um, in the sports world that we'll never forget. It was one of the more memorable, day, memorable days in sports history, um, and it's more Yesterday was more like a where were you moment. And like we'll we'll touch on this later, um, later on the podcast. But Devin, first off, let's talk about college football. Dude, we have games. Legitimate televised football games, college football games starting this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Next couple of weeks we'll have the following games. On the 29th, this Saturday, we have the Guardian Credit Union FCS kickoff. Austin Pay versus Central Arkansas on ESPN. Um, I believe that it's at 8 p.m., if I saw that correctly. Yeah, um, I think so. And then Thursday, September 3rd on ESPN3, Central Arkansas again at, um, at UAB. Saturday, September 5th. 1 p.m. Eastern, Kentucky at Marshall on ESPN. 4.30 p.m. Eastern on September 5th, SMU at Texas State on ESPN. Most of these games are either on ESPN or ESPN3. 7 p.m., University University Louisiana Monroe at Troy. I don't know why I kind of stuttered on that, so... 7.30 7.30 p.m., Houston Baptist at North Texas. 8 p.m., Arkansas State at Memphis. That will be our first glimpse of Kenneth Gainwell, who is considered one of the top running back prospects in this entire draft. And, Devin, you and I have him as um, one of our top running backs. Um, very talented, very versatile running back, someone that um, should have a good protection at the next level. Then at 9 p.m., we have Stephen F. Austin at UTEP on ESPN3. And then Monday, September 7th, this is arguably the biggest matchup of um, the first few college football games of this year. BYU playing at Navy on ESPN at 8 p.m. Reese Davis, Kirk, Kirk Street, Allison Williams on the call. And to make note, all times are Eastern Standard Time. So if you're on, if you're in the Midwest, um, this game should be at 7 p.m. I would assume. Yeah. Not good, really, with my times. <laughs> um, the, the perks of living on the East Coast, I guess. So, so Devin, which games are you most excited about? Uh, well, when I first looked through the uh, schedule, obviously you want to definitely check out Memphis. Um, but uh, a game I'm personally kind of invested in is Central Arkansas at UAB. Um, we get a first look at UAB. They had a really good season last year. Uh, ended up going to the the Carriers Bowl, I think, uh, R and L Carriers Bowl in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, fell to Appalachian State. But they played right with them. Uh, and Appalachian State is really emerged over the last couple of seasons, really over the last five, six years as being a legitimate uh, program. Um, and, you know, UAB, they just came back a couple of years ago. They were gone. They took away football and they've really turned it around and, and really started to look good. So 
for me personally, one of my draft crushes is Austin Watkins, the cousin of Sammy Watkins. He plays for uh, UAB receiver as well. Uh, he's not just a speed guy, just like Sammy. He uh, he has the strength. He has he can uh, you know finish through contact. Um, he can make the contested catches. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he does. I think right now, uh, if, you know, UAB didn't have a season, he'd probably be a late round pick, but I, I truly believe he has the tools and skills to, to potentially be a mid round pick, a uh, third, fourth rounder. Um, someone that could operate out of the slot and, uh, outside, uh, someone that I'm really impressed with. So that's definitely someone I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, for the first time, uh, in him. Building chemistry with this uh, new quarterback, um, you know, the quarterback that's starting this year, he kind of came in the middle of last year, so they really didn't have that chemistry and, and flow together. So I'm looking out for him. The running back, Spencer Brown, he's really good as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that offense. And then uh, secondly, I'm, I'm excited to see see uh, Shane Bouchelle, uh and uh, SMU, uh, even though they're playing at Texas State, you know, a team they should be handily. We'll get our first look at Shane Bouchelle. A lot of people have varying opinions on him. Uh, you know, he has his flaws. He's not exactly, you know, a, a top-notch quarterback, but he's one of the top senior quarterbacks um, and someone that could be at the Senior Bowl uh, in February. So uh, someone that I'm watching there as well. And, of course, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell uh, in Memphis and uh, DeMonte Coxie and that, the entire Memphis office, they're so explosive. Uh, get to see another year of them. And then uh, Arkansas State kind of have has a kind of a smaller quarterback in Lane Hatcher, but he can throw the ball all around. So that has a potential to be a very uh, high scoring game and one, uh, you know, that could be exciting. I think Memphis will obviously beat them, but that could be an exciting matchup to watch. But like you said, it's exciting to have football back, uh, college football, especially since we didn't even know we were going to you know, have football this season, you know, and a lot of the power five conferences won't be starting till the end of September. Uh, so to get some of these other conferences playing, you know, you know, it's FCS football this weekend is still football and they still have a lot of high level players there. So it'll be exciting to watch. And I'm sure a lot of draft Twitter scouts will be watching that game closely and uh, trying to see if we can find somebody from that game and, uh, you know, kind of hone in on that. But uh, it's exciting time, man, you know, College football is going to be officially back. Uh, we're in. This isn't. This is week zero for the FCS, but next week will officially be week zero for uh, you know FBS. And just excited to have football back again. Same here, man. And I want to make note of um, the BYU Navy game again. Um, our uh, colleague at Blue Chip Scouting, Dante Colonelli, is a big fan of BYU's. Um, Zach Wilson. So that game will be an interesting watch. So then I can get a better look of Zach Wilson. And a lot of the prospects you mentioned, I haven't um, gotten the chance to get to them yet since I'm still pretty behind on summer evaluations. And I hope to have a big board ready to go by the start of the real college football season, which is um, at the end of September when we get the ACC, the Big Ten, or not the Big Ten, the Big 12, uh, and the SEC. So those are going to be some very interesting games to start out for the FCS. And to make notes, yes, a lot of 
there are a lot of FCS teams that aren't playing this year, and they're hoping to play in the spring. But there are still some teams that are wanting to play and that they are going to be playing. Um, I'm not sure if we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but Trey Lance is going to have a one-game show-off later this year, which, honestly, to me, I don't really understand that because his draft stock right now is the highest it will ever be. I don't know what he can really do with this one game to improve his draft stock. If he shows better footwork, better um, a better mental game um, as a quarterback, and he still puts up good numbers and he still shows off that athletic ability and that arm talent, then maybe we can get something off of that. But, again, it's one game. I don't think it's really necessary for Trey Lance to even be playing at all this year. I would have just opted out and declared for the draft, but it looks like he's going to be playing this one game um, later in the season. Um, You know, we'll we'll just see how he does. I don't know if, and again, I don't know if it'll affect his draft stock or not, but we'll have to wait and see. Some injury news uh, to give you guys: Um, Giants rookie safety Xavier McKinney, who was a um, draft crush for many guys and also one of the top safeties in last year's uh, draft class. He is out indefinitely with a broken foot. Devin Xavier McKinney was expected, expected to be the week one starter on the back end of that giant secondary. Uh, depending on how long he's out for, how big of a loss is this for the giants? Well, we saw how really decimated the Giants secondary was last year and how poorly they played. Um, and, you know, whether, while they still would have probably had struggles this season, having him in the back end and someone that has the ability to really cover sideline to sideline and be like a true safety, um, not someone that, you know, is necessarily in the box, so to speak, but, you know, a really covered safety, uh, that would have been huge for the Giants to have in the back end. Um, and with him, you know, you know, a lot of people were going back and forth, you know, had Delpit, McKinney, um, you know, had um, Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, kind of that makes for the first safety taken off the board. Um, you know, right now, I mean, it looks like <laughs> Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, is is the only safety, the top safety is going to play this year. You know, Delpit went down. Um, now McKinney. So it, it, it really sucks. You know, um, I think unfortunately a lot of that can be contributed to the lack of time that these players had to really prepare, uh, for the season. Uh, and, and a lot of these college players to transition to the NFL speed, NFL rigorous kind of uh, schedule and getting their bodies right for the NFL. Um, I think that can be attributed to, you know, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic and not allowing them to have rookie mini camp, you know, uh, you know, all these workouts with the team, you know, have full team workouts instead of, you know, only group. So uh, it, it just sucks the way it is. You know, they had rookie minicamp virtually. So there's, you know, it's really it was really up to the players to, to work out on their own and stay in shape and stuff. And it just sucks that they the a lot of these rookies are going down, man. Uh, so many starting to pile up now. You know, you got Delpy, you got McKinney, uh, Justin Sternat from Denver. You know, it, it can it continue to pile up. So hopefully, you know, these guys are going to be able to have a full recovery, you know, have a full season where they recover, then have a full off season next year. Hopefully, 
you know, things are starting to turn back to normalcy where they can actually have their mini camp and, you know, have training camp normally and everything like that. So that when, you know, next year around this time comes, they're ready to go and, and ready to officially get their rookie year underway. So I, I just can't remember an off season where we had this many top rookies go down. Um, you know, it, it's just a unique situation and, Man, you just hope they, they get back 100% and that, you know, a lot of these rookies are able to actually play out their rookie season and not get it cut short by injury. It, it's really sucked to see all this talent just go down, all this young, promising talent just go down with injury. Um, my thoughts are that on uh, McKinney going down with injury is this definitely makes the Giants weaker on the back end of their secondary for sure. Um, as we talked about on the last, uh, on the last episode, Delbit was lost for the season due to an Achilles tear. And now we have another young, promising defensive back in Xavier McKinney, who will miss significant time due to a broken foot. It sucks that we won't be able to see these two talented safeties on the field to start the year or the entire season. Um, there were both players who were going to have some very, very valuable snaps for both teams. Both of them were supposed to be starters. Both of them have the versatility to make impacts in the secondary and for that defense, or for both defense respectively. Uh, the Giants, they weren't, like, like you said, they weren't great in the secondary last year, and they're not going to be great in the secondary this year. Um, so now, really, the, the the identity of this team is their offense with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. And then they have an improved offensive line with, J, with Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, got that look of like, I don't know, fam. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan of that move, but we'll we'll just wait and see. There could be potential. I don't know. But when McKinney gets healthy, and I hope it's sooner rather than later, he will add a great deal of versatility that is much needed on the Giants' defense. Their only real strength on that defense is the defensive line. They have some dudes up front. But, again, Dave Gettleman, he loves his hog mollies, you know. He loves to have those big men up from going after the quarterback up the middle. Um, something I, I don't think he's really going to be able to go away from. Um, and of course he drafted Andrew Thomas with the fourth pick, a big massive offensive tackle. So very good, but he still likes that massive size. He wants to just destroy, he wants to drive a team that can just destroy people up front, which I respect, but still there are other needs to be addressed. But again, when McKinney gets healthy, and hopefully that's soon, um, he's going to be a big piece for the Giants' defense, and I think he does have a future as um, one of their cornerstone pieces on the back end for the Giants. So, Devin, now we're at the point where we should talk about uh, what happened yesterday in sports. We had a historic day yesterday with the NBA with NBA and uh, Major League Baseball teams boycotting from playing their respective games um, due to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. 
Um, you told me before the show or yesterday that you'd like to share your thoughts um, on yesterday's events, and I'll let you take the floor. And if you want, you can end the show. Um, so, Devin, go at it. Have it at yeah, so uh like I said, I, I wanted to, you know, have a little time and kinda of address yesterday. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, kinda of start first, you know, I've obviously, you know, kinda of taken in everything that's happened and, you know, obviously seeing the, the good and bad response from people, um, you know, kinda of regarding yesterday's events. Um, but you know, kind of in in kind of wrapping up all my thoughts really, um, I think that you know, this is something that a lot of people are like crediting the NBA. And I get that, you know, obviously the owners are supporting the players, you know, the coaches are supporting the players, et cetera, et cetera. But it really boiled down to the players making a decision and wanting to bring continued attention to the, you know, the, I guess, problem. Not it, it, It's a problem in America, uh, to, to simply put it, you know, obviously the, Police brutality and, and things along that things along that line are is it's an issue. Um, and it, this isn't something that just sparked from Jacob Blake and everything that happened a couple of days ago in Wisconsin. This is something that's been building for years and years and years. And I just want to kind of help people understand that this isn't something that you know they decided to do just in light of one incident. This is something that continues to uh, really hurt people of color, hurt the black community. And they want change. You know, we want change and we want to see change happen. And, and you know, I was kind of explaining to a lot of people, you know, obviously we have, you know, our group chat and everything like that, uh, you know, for blue chip scouting. But I just wanted to explain that when we want to make change, you have to do things uh, radically, uh, not necessarily radically, but you have to do drastic changes. You can't do something continuously that needs to be done and done and done you know protests are great uh things like that are great but uh like i was explaining you know change comes when something drastic happens and you know i brought up the example of the the 1968 civil rights act uh one of the reasons that helped pass that is that uh african americans especially in the south they boycotted the buses and they walked to work for for 13 months to get something done and sometimes you have to take away something prominent. You have to take away something that makes a ton of money, that is money making to make progress and make real change. So to kind of, you know, continue to help people understand the NBA making this move to boycott the games. That was, like you said, a historic move because four years to yesterday to the day, that's the first day that Colin Kaepernick took a knee. And explain why he took an E and everything like that. Um, and say, you know, the racial injustice was his main motivation. Um, and here we are four years later and we still have some of the same kind of issues, the same, we're basically at the same spot we were four years ago. And things need to change. So you have to, to make those big moves those big decisions and the, the nba players like they did that and they didn't only just do that you know they try to get in touch with the attorney general they try to get in touch with you know the wisconsin attorney general they're trying to do more than just boycotting the games because boycotting the games itself isn't going to do anything it's not going to make change so for you know for them to do that and then also on the back end be able to uh 
you know, really try and act change and trying to get in touch with the attorney general and trying to, you know, show people that they're not just going to be athletes, you know, because at the end of the day, athletes are human beings. And I don't think people really understand that connection that they have real emotions. They have, you know, real experiences like Sterling Brown and John Henson both had, you know, incidences with the police, you know, and, and, and have experienced police brutality and they both play in the NBA. So that should help people understand, like, you know, while people are dismissing, like, you know, oh, LeBron James never had to deal with police brutality, you know, Giannis never had to deal with police brutality. They'll never have to deal with it because they make so much money. And that's really not the case. So I just want people to understand, like, this is something that can happen to anybody, any any person, person of color. It doesn't you know, matter how big your status is. It doesn't matter how much money you made. I mean, even Mo Harkless, who uh, plays in the NBA as well, he had an incident where he uh, was taking, I believe, his uh, two nieces or nephews somewhere, I think. Um, and he explained this on Twitter and he got stopped by the police because they thought that wasn't his car. So they said, you know, it, the police obviously just demand his license registration. And then when he went back to, you know, and, and scanning came back, he was like, you know, sorry, there's been a lot of criminal activity in the area, da, da, da. But, you know, that just shows like it doesn't matter who you are or what your status is. So for me, the important thing to take from yesterday is not that, you know, they're just stopping games because they, you know, they're whining about something they really have no experience with. A lot of these players have experienced it either on a, a macro or minor level. So this isn't something that you need to, you know, really dismiss and say, oh, this doesn't matter. Oh, they're just, you know, trying to push an agenda, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't about agenda. This isn't political. This is a, a human human rights issue. You know, it's clear that people of color are not being treated the same, uh, especially in terms of policing. So I think that this is a, a issue that shouldn't be dismissed at all. I think that it's something that we have to continue to talk about and continue to bring awareness to because at the end of the day, you know, people want to say you see no color, but that's really, it's really not the case. Um, I don't think you should have that type of mindset. I think that you should have the mindset that you do see color and you do accept that person's different culture, different background, uh, you know, different ethnicity, different upbringing you accept that and understand and willing to hear their struggles and willing to hear what they have to say because everybody's experience is different and you know i just encourage people you know if you really don't understand um you know what this is all about or you need further explanation you can most certainly reach out to me and i'd be willing to have a conversation about it to really help you understand what this movement is about isn't just about you know, being upset over the killing of an unarmed black man is just uh, uh, really trying to change the system as a whole. So everyone is treated with the same respect, dignity, privilege, everything, and that we really come together as a country. Because at the end of the day, we're like I said, we're human beings and, and you shouldn't be, you know, trying to pick out things like, oh, he was this, oh, oh, he was that. 
no one deserves to be killed by the police just based off of a crime unless they are injuring other people or putting other people in danger or anything like that you shouldn't no one should be killed by the police unless it directly needs to happen traffic stops you shouldn't be killed by the police you know whether it's a, a issue whatever wherever the case is no one should be killed by the police for committing a crime or potentially committing a crime or anything like that so i want people to understand like when you try to pick apart the the video of jacob blake watch it as a human being don't watch as oh he was resisting the police he was walking away from the police etc cetera, etc cetera. truly understand that everybody is a human being and that you should feel disappointed that this is what it's come to that a simple interaction can end in seven shots to somebody's back so i just want people to understand like truly watch the video as a human being watch these videos of police brutality and try to really understand that whether or not the actions transpire no one deserves to die from a simple interaction so so i i have some thoughts um i've always wondered why racism exists it shouldn't because what's the point of hating someone else because of the color of their skin it's stupid it's full of lies it's it's absolute bullshit it is i do not tolerate any sort of racism any sort of discrimination any sort of inequality we need to come together as a country because right now we're as divided as ever and it sucks i, I remember four or five years ago with president obama in office that yes we were in a way we were kind of divided as a country but we weren't as divided as we are today this we need people to vote this upcoming election and not just on the presidential level we need to do it at the local the state and then the national level we need to vote the right people into office that will fight for inequality will fight for injustice that will fight against racism that will fight against discrimination because right now i'm not we're not really at a breaking point it's more of a maybe a climax in terms of okay we're we're at this point and we need to make changes starting at the local level the state level and then that can progress to the national level it it hurts to see 
any sort of racism because from where I live, I, I, when I was living in the county over in, um, just about 30 minutes away from Asheville, North Carolina, um, I basically heard racism almost every day and it ticked me off, but I didn't say anything because, you know, I was going to tick people off and around me and all that, but you know, you know, it is what it is. Living in the South, the racism still exists. It, it's never left. It's sad. It sucks. And at Western Carolina University, there were uh, five students who, on video, who posted on social media with racial slurs and all that. And um, the County Mounts football team, the Western Carolina County Mounts football team, um, decided to um, protest and not, and they basically boycotted practice until um, the investigation was completed. And since those videos, since those videos were addressed, um, those five students are no longer enrolled at Western Carolina. There's progress. We, there is progress being made right now, and we're seeing how yesterday can affect so many people because there's a quote from, I believe it's Spencer Doolittle that says sports is the gift. I'm not sure if I'm saying this quote right, but sports is basically a gift to a functioning society right now with the COVID-19 pandemic, the, social movements um, and the recent shootings of Jacob Blake, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Right now, it doesn't look like we're in a functioning society. Sports gives us a distraction. Yes, we love sports. We, In any normal year, we're – Full blast into college football right now. We're focusing on draft prospects, whatnot. But when you have stuff like this come up, that is crucial to everyone in this country, and not just this country, the entire world, sports needs to take a backseat. We're already seeing today teams from the NFL aren't practicing, but some are still. But they're also going to afterwards have meetings, talk about what they can do to help their communities. I encourage people, and I'm sorry for turning this podcast, the end of this podcast, into um, politics, if you want to call it that. This is human rights. This ain't politics. This is human rights that we're talking about. This is about humans. This is about equality. This is about love. This is about unity. This is about peace. We all want that. We are one people. We are a human race. If you look at someone different because they are a different color, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. Other than if you have the mind of I can change as a person, 
change quickly, change over time, change yourself, and don't be the ignorant person that you once were or that you have been. I hope that people vote this year. I hope everyone votes. There will be people that won't vote, but I encourage anyone that listens listens to this podcast to vote on the local level, the state level, and the national level. Vote the right people in. And what I mean by that is if you – voting the right people in means for me voting the other guy in that isn't the president. That to me is voting the other guy that isn't Dan Forrest in North Carolina. I'm voting for the other guy, Roy Cooper. I want to see change. Devin, you want to see change. We all want to see change. Sports needs to take a back seat right now. And we need to focus on the issues at hand that we have. The COVID-19 pandemic that has cost over millions of lives and also that has taken the lives of over 180,000 and climbing. We need to focus on the social issues at hand. This isn't going to go away anytime soon. This is, this is going to take a while. People expecting change like over the next week. It's not going to happen. It's going to take years. It's going to probably take a decade, maybe more, maybe five or six decades. But as long as we continue on the path of change, we are doing the right thing as a country. All these players that have taken a knee, it's not about the flag. It never was. They aren't disrespecting the flag in any way. They love this country. They love this flag. They love everything about this country. And they're very patriotic. If you don't want to believe that, fine by me. Go leave the podcast. Unfollow me. Whatever. I don't care. But when when athletes are taking the protests, what is going on in this country? What has gone on through this country since Colin Kaepernick brought it to light four years ago yesterday. People have said, oh, this is politics, this is whatnot. And like like I said, this is human rights. This is about human life. We need to be treated equally, everyone. Whether you're black, brown, white, you have a disability, like if you're autistic or you have Down syndrome, whatever. People need to be treated equally. All men and women should be tr- treated fair and equally in this country. And right now, it doesn't look like we are. And it sucks. It really does. I pray for change. I pray for love. I pray for unity. I pray for peace. And I pray for equality. Guys, I love you. I love every single one of you. I believe in change. If you feel like you can change yourself, 
do so. If you feel like you can change the mindset that you've always had that not a lot of people are going to agree with, if you feel like you can change and you want to change, do it. I love y'all, and I'll see you guys soon. Peace out.